Hello and welcome to the Sales Growth Solutions Podcast. I am Ashley Brimacombe and on today's show, we chat with the Managing Director of Austin's Winery, Scott Austin. Scott graduated from Deakin University with a Bachelor of Commerce in 1944. He then moved to Melbourne and joined his brother in the clothing importing business. Scott returned to Geelong to help his parents run the family winery on a part-time basis. In 2004, Scott was appointed general manager and went about growing the small family winery into a sustainable and profitable business in a difficult industry. He changed the name and rebranded the business to reflect current values and modern thinking. Now Austin's & Co. then set about the product development by grafting over some Austin Shiraz vines to more Pinot Noir to create Pinot Noir for the people, with the range extending to other cool climate varieties Riesling, Chardonnay and Shiraz. Now, the second generation owner and sole director, Scott maintains the tradition of family, friends and followers belonging to the brand. Having established the portfolio, which includes the very popular 6 foot 6 range of wines, Austin's & Co has maintained tremendous and continuous growth over two decades and has become a local success story and a global player. So we're here in the picturesque Moorable Valley, home of Austin Wines, with Managing Director Scott Austin. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks for having me. Can we start by taking a moment to share with the listeners what it is your business does and how it may be of service? So we are wine producers. We're based in the Moorable Valley, which is one of the three sub-regions of Geelong. Um, it's about 20 minutes northwest by car. Uh, beautiful uh, place to grow grapes, lovely uh, rolling hills out here and uh, I've been here since 2004 and we have our wholesale wine business so um, we grow grapes, uh, we do the bottling here and we have our own uh, three brands that we, we sell our wine under and, and it's mainly wholesale. We do a little bit of direct to consumer um, and in the future plans we, we're hoping to have a cellar door as well. Excellent. So can you share with the listeners uh, a brief insight to how you arrived at your current position? Just a bit of your life story. Sure. I've never actually sat in for a job interview where I've been interviewed for a job. So um, I've sort of been fortunate. Um, I've always liked the idea of owning my own business and that was probably instilled in me from my father. He and his brother owned a clothing business back in the 80s and 90s and uh, quite successful and uh, that funded his passion, his, his other passion, which was wine. So he bought this beautiful property. For me, uh, I went to Deakin University, got a commerce degree, still wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And then my brother uh, started his own clothing company and I joined him and that was back in the very early 90s. And from there, we finished that up in about 2003, which was quite a roller coaster ride being in the, in the fashion industry, has some parallels to the wine industry, but uh, what I like about the- Constant change. Constant change, lots of customers, difficult, you know, cash flow intensive, all, all that, those sort of issues that you face in business. But the great thing about the wine business is we have a lot less products and they don't go off after, you know, like fashion does uh, over time. So it's a little bit simpler, you know, in, in that sense. But yeah, having been here for 10 years, it was a real challenge. I took over this business with a shed full of wine 
um, nearly 20,000 cases and, and the year before we'd only sold about 2,000 cases when, when mum and dad were pretty much running it. So it's quite a challenge and it's taken that 10 years to get to the point now where we're selling everything that we produce off this property, all the grapes, making it into our own wine under our own brands and selling that into the domestic and international market. And we achieved that goal pretty much about the end of last year. So quite a significant um, achievement. And now it's all about how we, we build from here, how much we grow, you know, and how, how we go about that. So is that, um, uh, in the international market, is that uh, mainly China or...? Interestingly, um, right now it is. Uh, there's been a lot of commentary about the Chinese market over the last few years, but for a brand like ours, which is a bit more boutique and uh, perhaps not as well known, it's, it's been more of a challenge to get into that market. But I've just come back from a trip to China and the future's looking really bright. I have a great importer. I actually went to school with this guy who is now selling my wine over there, which is wonderful. And the, certainly the younger demographic over there is really interested in wine and they're not just yeah. using it as a, as, a, as a drink to sort of say cheers and, and, and over business deals and that sort of thing. They're really interested in learning all the intricacies about, you know, about our product. And so that's opening some great opportunities yeah, over there. North America is the other um, probably key market that we're looking at at the moment. Yeah, wow. So what projects are you currently working on in your business that have you excited? We have a million projects going on at any one time. My wife, um, Belinda, and I, uh, you know, we like to think big and dream big, and we certainly take on a lot of projects. One in particular is probably looking at this direct-to-consumer model, how we access, you know, selling direct-to-consumers, either via online or via cellar door. So it's kind of exciting to be looking at, at building a new cellar door out here so that we can have that sort of one-on-one -on -one experience with our with our customers and tell them our story and and uh, you know they become loyal customers at the end of the day passionate advocates passionate advocates for our brand and yeah tell their friends and if they've come out and heard our story then they've got you know authenticity when they take our wine to a you know to a dinner with friends yeah. they can talk with authority like they know something wine's a very interesting product and you know a lot of people get can get confused by it or you know how to pronounce the different terms and how it's made it's you know and I'm still learning after over 10 years you know I'm still learning a lot about about the product but the other interesting probably um, or exciting part is all around the, the product development side of things there's new trends rosé has been big in the last yeah. year so we saw what was happening we look over to North America as a bit of an influence of what's what's trending so last uh, summer we produced a frosé, so we bought a slushy machine and we made wow. a frozen wine. Now this... How did that go? It went really well. We took it to Sounds consumer events, people loved it. Um, it's not traditional, you know, sort of wine, yep. something you would do in wine, so it's something a bit different, but it's just a way to engage people with your brand and introduce it and then they can discover the other things that you do. And we just found that was a, a good way to make a different kind of connection with people. Engagement engagement. So can you share with the listeners your favourite business software, something that's making your life easier? Uh, I think emails, uh, my inbox, I think at the latest count was about 637. So Is that making your life easier though? It's, no, it's not. And that was the point I was going to make. It's, it's alternatives to messaging and communication outside of that realm. So I've just, uh, with, a, with a group of other entrepreneurs that I 
do some work with. We've just joined a software called Slack. So it's just the messaging. It's a way of sharing calendars and it keeps it out of your outlook and, and, and your inbox. Um, specifically for, for my business, we use uh, a industry-specific software called EasyWine. Not that easy to learn, but once you do, it gives you all the critical information you need at the press of a button. So, wow. you know, I guess from that point of view, it's really key to use a software that you know gives you all those key sort of metrics that you really need. Yeah, um, yeah up to date stock debtors, all, all that sort of thing. You know, up to date daily is really important for us. So, do you connect that to a sort of a, like a dashboard or something? Or? So I'm a little bit behind in, in, in terms of CRM. I've got a couple of sales reps on the road, but otherwise we use agents and, and distributors, uh, but they're using Excel spreadsheets at the moment. So we really need to update that. I'm looking at, a again, an industry-specific CRM, which uh, will not only hold all the customer data and, and be in a live format, it will shoot that information to a dashboard which will be critical for our business. I think one of the key benefits, not only just having that information, is that uh, it means that your sales managers, the people responsible for that data, can actually spend more time on the road Mm. doing business and less time in the office preparing data and information for, you know, management reports. So that's probably a key priority for me going forward. Okay, excellent. So how would you see the current business environment and what will be defining your company moving forward? Right now, where we sit, we've come out of a really tough uh, time in the wine industry, and it feels like things are improving to the extent that people um, are trading up a little bit. They're happy to spend a little bit more on a bottle of wine. I think they understand why the value proposition for a particular brand at a, at a particular price, and they want more information. And that's you know they want to know our stories and they want to connect to our brand. So, having gone through drought. In, in the mid-2000s and, uh, you know, a wine glut and high Australian dollar. We've come out now in 2017. The dollar's corrected itself. It's opened up export opportunities. People are happy to pay that sort of $15 to $20 every day, which is where our baseline product sits. So we're seeing good volume of sales at there. And then it, uh, also at the higher price points, people are prepared for a more of a, a special occasion type wine to, to spend upwards of, you know, 30 to $40 a bottle. And if, uh, not that your listeners can see, but you, if you can look out the window and you can see the land here and, and what it takes to grow the grapes and, uh, you know, the amount of capital investment and time and all these resources, you quickly understand uh, what goes into the, you know, to making it and, and the cost base of a wine and why it might sit at a certain price. So Yeah, there's a lot of holding cost as well. Massive holding costs. I mean, we can sit it on up to three years worth of stock plus the new vintage, you know, in bulk wine sitting in the winery. So it's important to try to get our stock turns to, you know, every selling every 12 months what we make in that previous 12 months, but we're always carrying stock. And then there's uh, updating equipment, you know, we, have, we all own all our machinery. Um, we're just purchasing a bottling line, which is, you know, over half a million dollars. These things will have a payback period. Yeah. So they're not just, you know, and they give us control of our manufacturing. It's just the upfront capital investment. The upfront capital investment's massive. So just for those people who don't probably understand, when you say you're going through a, through a drought, obviously there's a lack of water, but how does that affect the wine 
the wine making or the wine itself, just, just as a, a small background for, the, for some of the listeners? So uh, without water, the, the vines will stress and a small amount of stress um, is okay, but extended periods will mean that the vines will sort of collapse. They won't put the energy, they don't have the energy they need into growing the fruit and so your crops will be uh, either very low or the quality you know, might, be, uh, might be just down. And uh, obviously that impacts you know, on your production. It costs us the same amount every year to grow uh, the fruit that we get. So if the, yield, if, if the yield's down 50%, it still costs us the same amount per tonne of fruit. Um, so our cost of production is you know, through the roof. Yep. So in that sense, so basically, each 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 ton becomes a great deal more great deal more expensive. More expensive, but you can still only sell it for the same price. Mm. So, but it's, you know, it's like any agricultural business. You know, we have good crops and bad crops, and in different years, and so you just have to ride those times. So one of the key things that we try to do here is make sure that you know we're not overburdened with debt. We we try to have consistency. We try to put things in place so that when we get that bad year. We can ride it out, but hopefully you don't get you know more than one in one in three or four. So at Sales Growth Solutions, we're all about the customer experience and building growth by improving dynamics around the customer journey. Scott, are you able to share with our audience your principles around driving growth from within the business? It starts with your own team, I think. Meeting regularly, uh, making sure that your team really understand what your values are as a business. I think communicating that to them so they understand that and we're all on the same page. And then uh, because they have touch points with customers all over the place. And I don't just see someone who buys our wine at a restaurant or a bottle shop as a customer. It's all the different people we deal with through, uh, through our supply chain because they're all critical elements of getting the, the grapes into wine and, and, and into, the, into the market. Um, obviously, we have you know, next day delivery where possible and all these sort of things which we really try to instill, um, you know, in our team to make sure that, you know, whenever they're doing a job, it does impact. So the logistics guy, if he doesn't make a delivery, it impacts on the sales guy's relationship with the customer. The customer doesn't care why they didn't get a delivery. They just care that they didn't. So I, I think really understanding that whole connection and how everyone plays a role that impacts others within your team is, is a really you know, critical um, part of, of that customer service message. I'd like you to imagine, if you will, that you have been invited by Elon Musk to join the first expedition to Mars. It will take a long time to get there and you may never return. Stuck on Mars forever. You have room on your hard drive for one book, one CD, and one movie. What will you be taking with you and why? This is the most difficult question you've asked me um, (laughs) today, for sure. But um, look, I don't read a lot of books, but uh, I guess if I'm sitting on, on Mars, I'd probably think about taking a journal and just... Uh, blank pages and and uh, you know writing down everything I see and do and um, scribbling away scribbling away and uh, maybe that might be of interest but can't think of another uh, particularly interesting book in terms of music I think um, I was a big Nirvana fan growing up um, Dave Grohl since then the Foo Fighters I can listen to his CDs over and over so if it was forever I'd probably take the Foo Fighters with me 
And uh, from a movie perspective, I'm a bit of a war movie buff and, and books as well. Um, but one that I used to watch over and over was a movie called Platoon. Great really movie. Great movie. And that, that's one that I think you can watch uh, on repeat several times. So that, that'd be my choices. Excellent. So in summary then, are you able to signpost three main points from today's interview that the listeners can take away? Don't meet Elon Musk and have to travel to, the, to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think uh, it's interesting kind of to have an interview like this and you know, reflect on, on your own business, but looking after your team and communicating those values is uh, something that I've worked out works and uh, people then you know, understand who you are and, and what you're about. I think that's really key. From a distribution point of view, I mean, we, we grow grapes and we make wine and they tend to be the sort of simple things. Building a solid brand, a brand of value, a brand with equity um, requires a lot of work on distribution and making sure that you work well with your partners. So communicating to all your distribution partners is you know, is a real key for us. So whether it's your sales reps and getting them uh, revved up and with all their information or your agents or your distributors or your major customers like we deal with Woolworths and Coles, keeping them in the loop with what we're doing from a social media and event just so they, you know, they feel comfortable with the brand that they're, they're selling to their customers. Um, that's a really key thing. And then probably a third thing for us over the last few years is it's been about controlling your manufacturing and all the points that you do. So um, by purchasing a bottling line, we're controlling the quality of the way our goods are packaged. And vertical integration. Vertical integration. That, that really, for us, that cuts out some of the um, suppliers that may take a margin on the way through. Um, and if you can be a completely vertical business, um, I think that's you know, a great model to have. So we sort of aspire you know, to build that where we do everything from growing the grapes through to selling direct to the consumer. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Scott. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a part of the SGS community. We hope that you gain some value from listening to our show today. The interview and related information can be found on our website, salesgrowthsolutions.org. Today's episode was produced and edited by Red Lemon Productions. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Until next week, take care.